Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. We know for a fact from uh, both Ian and Arya's federal trials that the government listens to us nightly. Your credibility in like the freedom and liberty movement should be called into question if you're not on the list. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it, I don't want to say- It's not even it, a badge of honor. It shouldn't be- It's like be. minimum requirement right. at this point. Right. It shouldn't be a bad- Like, I don't go around looking for badges of honor when it comes to being a voluntarist or, okay. or whatever. Just take them off the fallen bodies of our enemies. I mean, if, if somebody gives me one, right? Like okay. the honorary doctorate that I received, right? Uh, from, you know, a caller. He was like, look, man, I've been listening to the show, blah, 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 blah. He's like, as far as I'm concerned, you're a doctor of freedom. And I'm like, sweet, I'll take that. I incorporated it into my very long and extensive titled name. Well, and if you think about it, who's going to bestow a doctorate of freedom? I mean, sounds like some kind of controlled government institution, (laughs) or you can just do that because you're free. My favorite title bestowed upon me by a friend now deceased was the Knight of Arduous Virtue. <laughs> Arduous Virtue? Yes. Wow, okay. For As being a... consistent with the ethics and morality of freedom and liberty. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be arduous. Yes. Yes, to, to be consistent. That's the arduous part. Yes. Right? Uh, and yes, we all know how arduous it is to be consistent when it comes to freedom. I mean, I, I thank you guys. I thank the freedom community at large in New Hampshire for keeping me on that path of consistency because I'm human, I'm imperfect, uh, I'm not going to do everything right 100% of the time, but I'm trying. Damn it, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. And, like, consistency, when it comes to philosophy, yeah, is, you know, it's not the path of least resistance. No. Most people in today's society, at least in the United States, uh, seem to take the path of least resistance. And, Even libertarians on occasion. Uh, well, on, and on they're, they're, they're one special issue. Well, there's only two consistent positions. Either it is okay to get what you want through threats and violence, or it's not. If it is okay, then, well, we should really just live under totalitarian dictatorships. Well, it's, it's not okay 95% of the time, but in this 5% my special case then it must be done because there's no other way around it. Well, that sounds like an inconsistency. Capitalism has failed. Who will build the roads? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we really shouldn't beat each other up, but, you know, you own your children, so you can just beat them whenever you want to to, for their own good. And And because we have that relationship there, why wouldn't we have that relationship with Big Daddy government? I was I was on my way here. I'm not going to share the name of it, but I was listening to a libertarian anarchist styled podcast, mm-hmm. and they intimated that without the government intervention, people are just too too selfish to actually put together community plumbing. Right. We would not have plumbing or the electrical grid if it weren't for the oversight of the government. We couldn't possibly agree I, on anything unless there was someone forcing us to do from, it from an anarchist podcast. Wow. I, well, no, no. They, I, I'm, I'm pulling their card. You pull their card. I'll tell you who it is off air. Okay. But yeah, no. At that point, you are no longer an anarchist podcast. You are a minarchist podcast. Fair. I uh, had a. Um, so when you're a, um, I don't know what's the what's the word a, a a, a budding uh, anarchist. Okay. Libertarian when you're. Sure. Sort of coming out of the fog of statism. Just a and, wee bit of anarchism. You know, you're you're trying to become that guy who, like, can have some discussions with other okay. people. And when people say things that are contrary to philosophy, you... Would you, you, maybe, like, would you, you maybe call them an apprenticist? An apprenticist. That is a... Nice neologism. A portmanteau as well. I try. Yes. All right, continue. So the portmanteau for tonight is apprenticist. That's an apprentice anarchist, for those of you not paying attention or playing the home game. Not be confused with a printarchist, who believes that printing should be the ruler of all. My most hated, because I used to work in a convenience store, uh, and my most hated pack of cigarettes, because it didn't fit. You know how above the counters at the convenience store they have oh, the big giant the cigarette? N- not just that. Oh, okay. It was the, I call them vagina slimes. 
The Super Slims? The Virginia, Virginia Slims Ultralight 120s. Okay. Ooh. So, like, there's regular size cigarettes. Yep. And then there's a little bit longer cigarettes called 100s. Yep. I don't know why they're called 100s. Some sort of a millimeter, ver- you know, I don't know, measurement or something. But then there's one bigger, and they're the 120s. And what happens is these packs of cigarettes sort of stick out yep. of their, their, their chosen slot at said convenience store, and they're also the easiest ones to sort of fall out. If you just accidentally brush against them, one or two packs are going to fall overhang. out because of the overhang. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so they annoyed me, and so that's why I hated them. We and have- and there was like one customer that smoked them. That's it. One. There wasn't. It wasn't like there were 20. And female. And Of course. Of course. Uh, it was like this one lady came in randomly. Like, we couldn't even count on her, right? It's like, it's not like... Oh, she's buying one pack of these every day at, you know, morning time on her way to work or whatever. Yep. No, it was just a random thing where she would come in and be like, can I get uh, the v- v- Virginia Slims Ultralight 120s? And we were like, sure. And we knew right where they were because she was the only one that ordered them. She'd already ever. had them ready when you saw her walk in. Like, just right if, here for her. If you're good at your job, yes. Yeah. If you're not, then no. Okay. Uh, and so, like, that was my most hated brand of cigarettes. My favorite brand. Of course, was the uh, Lucky Strike? No. Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember the the acronym now. It was the GPC. Okay. Right. These are the most generic cigarettes you can get. Uh, there were there was like this rotating series of cigarettes uh, from time to time. Uh, not series, but like rotating names of stuff that I can't even remember all the different generic types of cigarettes that would roll through. And basically, they were just. Well, crappy cigarettes with a lot of filler or a lot of air, right? Very yep. little cigarette. Uh, but the GPCs, for whatever, were a little closer to, like, the regular brands, like the Marlboro and the Camel and the Winston, stuff like that. And so the GPCs would try and be the cheapest, but then you'd have some other fly-by-night brand come in yep. and try and compete with them and be, like, $0.05 cents or $0.10 cents cheaper or whatever. And you'd stock them for a while, and people would stop buying them after a while when they realized that, like, oh, hey, it takes me, like, one minute to smoke one of these, but it takes me three and a half minutes to smoke a GPC, right? So eventually, uh, GPC is sort of, like, ruled the generic market. They were the generic cigarette. They were probably repackaged Camels or whatever, or Winston's or Marlboro's or some mix of all of those. Uh, They won out, and so... uh, uh, People would, uh, there was that, that, that song, are, are you down with OPP? Yes. Right. And people yeah, would be like, me. yeah, I'm down with GPC. Right. You know, so that became a thing amongst the customers. Uh, and uh, they would order those. Uh, and they were inexpensive comparatively. Yeah. Every now and again, somebody like Marlboro or Camel or Winston or somebody like that would run like a three pack special and they'd bring you in like a whole box of like in a special three pack package yep. or whatever. I remember when Camel was doing Camel Bucks. Oh, yeah. These trifold little mini yeah. brochures that were supposed to be like a Camel dollar, and you would collect these Camel dollars. My and, ex had a bunch of those in a little wallet. And buy Camel merchandise. A friend of mine got um, the Camel Joe leather jacket. He saved so many of these. Uh, another friend of mine got the Camel Joe dartboard. Nice. Uh, and somebody that they know, I don't know this person, uh, would not only smoke himself, but go around and collecting them from other smokers as That's much a good as he way could. To do it. And he ended up with the camel pool table, which nice. is like the highest, yeah. most prestigious uh, smoking award that you could achieve using these camel bucks. A brilliant marketing strategy, in my opinion, uh, from the cigarette manufacturer. However, like it's like, hey, thanks for killing yourself for us. Slavery is taking someone's life effort. Overt slavery is taking 100% of their life effort. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, sort of slavery light is taking a percentage like the state does. Right? I mean, yeah, sure, they're taking they're taking a portion of your life, but they're taking a portion on the back end, and theoretically you're getting a benefit on the front end. What benefit was I getting? Whatever the nicotine high is that keeps people going back to nicotine. Which, was, to be fair, there's is, no, there's actually a tremendous number of benefits that you get from tobacco. It's just not worth the cost. Well, I, f- for what, people who make that choice. I saw no benefit at all once I thought about it philosophically. I'm like, what benefit am I getting? Do I look cool? No. Is it good for my health? No. Uh, are they? Am I, in fact, shortening my life 
for every cigarette that I smoke. They don't call them nails in the coffin for nothing, yeah. right? So every cigarette you smoke, you're actually losing yeah. some minutes off of your life right. and paying for the privilege of losing those minutes to a company that doesn't care about you. But it's still minutes on the back end for the immediate benefit. That's what I'm saying. But there, but there was no benefit. For you. For well, some people, there are. Oh, I, I mean, I, I... I definitely experienced plenty of benefits from tobacco. The it, only benefit I ever got. It's just that the cost was way too high. The only benefit... And you made that choice individually. Right. The only benefit I can say that I got was because I was also a marijuana smoker, was that if you smoke marijuana... And then you wait a minute, and a little while later you have a cigarette. You increase your buzz by something like ten percent. Mm. That's the okay. only quote so there's benefit. That. Uh, there's the uh, uh, for one thing, it's an anger suppressant, which in my case it was an absolutely useful thing because I am a very angry person because I know what is going on in the world, right. and that kind of puts me on anger at all times. And uh, I oh, was there I live too. On that edge, I, right? I, I was there too, and yes, it was. I don't know if it was effective at that, but it was certainly a reason for me to get away when I was angry. Like something, you know, angered me at work or whatever. That like, I'm, I'll be back. I gotta go have a cigarette. This is Tony from Central Virginia, and I just want to call in about smoking. Uh, I was yeah. just got a good little story about. Uh, I'm a merchant seaman, and I uh, started. Uh, You're a seaman merchant. Working, uh, <laughs> Uh, mer- merchant seaman. Uh, oh, oh, okay. He's just a gigolo. Our mistake. And when, I, when, I, when I first started in the early 90s, uh, I got on board the ship. I was 21. I got on the ship, and I was the only person on the whole ship that didn't smoke. So you was talking before about how people got breaks. Well, that would work. I, I, we would be cleaning tanks, and uh, the guys would come out of the tanks to uh, – have a cigarette and they would leave me down there. Right. And, <laughs> and finally I said, Hey, screw this. I'm going to start smoking too. And <laughs> sure enough, I, I started smoking and smoked for 25 years. Uh, and that's how they get you. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, it was, it was said, Hey, these guys are taking a break. I think I'm going to take a break too. So I, I just bum a cigarette off of them. And eventually I, I started smoking too. Uh, but I quit uh, just for health benefits. But uh, tonight, uh, when you guys were talking, uh, I have a pipe here, and uh, I said, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Uh, you guys were the, I hadn't even turned the uh, tuned in yet. Uh-huh. Uh, now I'm gonna light the pipe and have a pipe, uh, smoke a pipe tonight. And then we, you guys got in this. Uh, this conversation, and I said, oh, I got to call in and let these guys know, man. I, I am I the resident never smoker here, but I really like the elegance of pipes. I love the I, smell I, of pipe smoke, pipe tobacco. Okay. Like, there's not yeah. a lot of secondhand smoke that smells great. There's, I just, there's some yeah. cigars that, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a good smelling cigar. Like, you just know. You're like, oh, some cigars are like, ugh. But, like, pipe tobacco, for whatever reason, just smells great to me. I, dr- I just yeah, want an I, e-pipe to blow cherry-flavored O-rings, like an I, e-vape I pipe. I, yeah. I enjoy having one every once in a while. And, uh, and But you was talking before, you you was a slave to R.J. Reynolds. Um, I grew up in West Virginia, and we grew tobacco. E- even, even still, uh, we grew tobacco, and I never messed with it until got on a ship. Uh, but you know, it's still you can still if you if you really enjoyed it, you could you could grow a few plants yourself and smoke your own tobacco. Yeah, I I, I don't do that myself, but uh, it, 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 you know, it depends you really on where you live. Tobacco, like you there there are some states that like don't allow that. Still, oh really? Yeah, there there are oh, some okay. places where like if you just have a couple of plants, like either in your backyard or in of your tobacco? basement of tobacco, okay, where like that's as illegal as growing a marijuana plant wow. in some places. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I tell you what, there's no harder. I grew up on a a rock farm in West Virginia. It, it's pretty much I call it rock farm because that's pretty much what it was. We were just digging up rocks and growing stuff, but we did grow tobacco, and that is one of the hardest crops because it's it's almost a yearly thing in the morning of the spring you have to burn off a big patch and uh, uh and 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 plant the seeds and mm-hmm. then you have to get it up so far and then you have to transplant it 
and then uh, on in the summer, and then you hoe it and and sucker it and top it and pick it, and then you gotta. It, it's really a mess. Uh, it, it's it's a very. We hard, should have people uh, for that. Yeah, well, I guess we did one time. <laughs> well, wow. yeah, now, now it's now it's just poor poor West Virginians and poor Kentucky people. Well, I ain't gonna say that, but yeah, but it, it is a very very hard and uh, strenuous, uh, time consuming job. Tony, how long did it take you to quit from the time you decided to until the time you were actually done? Mm. Well, I'm, I was like you. I, I, every time I had a beer, I wanted one. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I could I could quit through the through the day, no problem, uh, until I had a drink, and then I, I want one. And to di- I, I have quit probably. It's probably been fifteen years since I smoked. Okay. Uh, a regular. Yeah. But even even today, when I have a, a drink, I want I still crave a cigarette. We've got Dana calling from Michigan. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, I was um, moving around trying to get some things done, so I focused on what was said and not who. Which one of you just said that scooters sounded like if X had a body? Twitter. <laughs> I said if Twitter Peakless. had a body. That was, yeah, yeah Peakless Mountain. Well, X, X is the new Twitter. Yeah. Oh, was, oh. Formerly known as. That, that was Peakless no, Mountaineer. Not, this isn't a a peakless said it. It isn't just about this. Is, it has nothing to do with scooter. That what you said was so brilliant. So I appreciate profound. it. X. Now I don't. I've never been on social media. Never will. But we all know what Twitter is or X. Yeah, I'm um, never. I'm never going to call it that. I'm not going to call it X. I'm not going to call Facebook Meta. Like no, right? No, you've already branded right, yourself. Right, right. You don't get to right. unbrand. Right, but but right, and I I I really uh, agree with you. But I'm not. I don't partake in that. But I'm so familiar about it. Mm. The people who have opinions, especially celebrities, like they think that people really care what they think about. But oh, it, I wish it's they didn't. So funny, and the brilliance in what you said, Peakless, was both in its truth because if you know Twitter, even if you don't partake in it, like myself. That that's exactly who those well, people are, well, and, and in in so wait a minute, in its simplicity, <laughs> it was just so profound. I'm going to use that again and again and again. <laughs> well, and I mean, the thing is, it's it the the format kind of forces people into this. I mean, not forces, but like it, it inclines them automatically to their their very worst selves. I mean, when you yeah. have the the smaller the bandwidth that you can convey information, the more polarizing the information ends up being. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that it's uh, an incredibly tiny bandwidth and there's no cost for it, so a, a, yeah. and that it's instant, and like as yeah, far as I know, there's still no takebacks on that. Like you can delete it entirely, but you can't like uh, uh, change what you said. There's no edit button. Yeah. There's yeah. just a delete button. Right. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to give whoever it was, and in this case, Cliff, a shout out because that was, I just, I laughed out loud. I, you know, one of those burst laughs, those where you almost blow and laugh. I ah, thought, like oh, a fall, the knee good. slapper. L L O L. Literally laughed out loud. I just have a quick question. Um, so, what is the, um, I know that Ian got eight years, I know they won't let him out. Uh, uh, while he's appealing, uh, the next step is an appeal. Mm-hmm. So what are the chances? Ha- ha- can you say or have the attorneys given you any kind of inside information? What's going on? Well, no, the, the attorneys haven't given us really any inside information. They are working you know, on the appeal on all of the counts in which he was convicted. So they're not they're not, you know, parsing them out. They're not saying we're only going to appeal this one. They're appealing the whole damn thing. So the okay. the idea is that uh, they are gunning for a whole new trial based on the fact that while yes, a jury did say you're guilty, the evidence did not support the jury's decision. Is is the direction that I believe that they're going? Now, just knowing generally the appeals process. Uh, it is a fact that sometimes the appeals process takes longer than a sentence uh, because government is not wants to do anything quickly or efficiently uh, and that kind of a thing. So there's a chance that uh, while the appeals process is forthcoming 
and the attorneys, at least for Ian, believe that uh, innocence is on his side and the evidence did not show uh, his guilt, that it is possible that the government drags their heels so much that this thing can't get done quickly, never mind the, uh, you know, whatever they say about a right to a speedy trial and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, well, is he going to get that deal where you get one, uh, something like one one day um, reduced sentence for good behavior for every day served? Well, there there is a, you know, we'll call it a program in place for those who are incarcerated to earn. Uh, they don't call it good behavior now. They call it something, a good time or something like that. Uh, <laughs> good times. Yeah, good times. Right. Good uh, time getting out of there. Right. Uh, so... Uh, there is that in place, and in fact, uh, we are hoping uh, that Arya, uh, who's also incarcerated now, uh, receives some of that in her sentence so that we can see her uh, before Porkfest of 2024. So we'll Wait, see what happens. Well, how, long was, how long was Arya's sentence? 18 months. You folks remember, by folks I mean Peakless and Richie, you remember some time ago, there was a uh, a chronic caller who would call in uh, almost nightly, if not nightly, and threaten a host, one of the co-founders of this show. Yes. Why are we still summoning people? Threaten him, threaten okay. his son, threaten the rest of us, other co-hosts die? on the thing. I, I have no idea. But uh, there was even some, uh, you know, potential intervention, right? Like... Somehow law enforcement uh, was talking to the host who was threatened and like, hey, look, I'm on national radio. This guy's threatened to kill me. And they were like, ha, 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 whatever. We're not doing anything about it. I wanted to like jokingly offer a bounty, but I figured the FBI agents listening wouldn't take it as a joke. Well, you just have to offer the bounty to the FBI. You are probably correct. Just offer the bounty to the FBI, I think. Okay. That'll work? I don't know. But like, it's just my... Just my, uh, I'm, I'm you know, pretty sure that's like uh, bribing an official. Okay. Oh yeah. So don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Don't right. do that. Yeah. I'll I tell mean, you guys off. In America, you can't do that. Most countries, you can actually get away with that, but not here. It was actually pretty funny. Like it wasn't America's, like for his life. But America's really funny. weird about its corruption. Like we demand sophistication well, in our corruption. Yeah, you I can't mean, just bribe your officials. You got to bribe them this way. They're they're very you good lobbyists. They're very good exactly. about institutionalizing the corruption. Like back in the yeah. day, way back in the day before like I was born, if you wanted to like you know get something by somebody or like hurry up through a line or something, you you like handed in the form that the state wanted you. Like you're at the DMV and you want to jump to the front of the line. You you handed them the form and there was a twenty behind the form or a ten or whatever. Right? You're like, hey, can I get in front of the line? They're like, sure. Nowadays, there's just a box that you check. Do you want to spend an extra twenty bucks to move to the front of the line? Like they've institutionalized. <laughs> it's like the, the fast bribery. pass at Disneyland. Right. Exactly. Mm. Right. Like they've taken all For an the, extra hundred bucks. Yeah. You can wait in the shorter line. So uh, there was a story that we were trying to cover on Thursday. We never got around to. Is it related to he uh, who shall not be named? Is It is. Okay. So, I mean, at least in a juxtaposition, right. right? Because with Free Talking Life, here we had a chronic caller who used his actual legal name, on well, the air, okay, right? It got doxed a little bit, I think. But okay, right. but but whatever, right? It totally, like, there's no question that this was this guy, right? Right, and folks knew where he lived, right? Uh, right. Listeners went out of their way to to dox him on, on that kind of a thing, right? Etc. And so on, and I think he even admitted it on air, right? There's a whole bunch. You can go find the archives and find all of that stuff. So the juxtaposition to that is this. This is from Patch.com. New Hampshire man pleads guilty to threatening member of Congress. Oh, okay. Alan Poehler of Keene, New Hampshire. One of us. No. 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 Oh, no. Okay. None of us in the freedom community know him. He's no. formerly of Vermont, so we moved from Vermont to oh, Keene okay. at some point. Admits to threatening to shoot U.S. Representative Matt Gates, a Republican from Florida, saying he was, quote, coming for the gays, unquote. Matt Gates was coming for the gays, or uh, saying the congressperson. Okay, uh, yeah, Matt Gates. Who is Matt? That's Gates, what he's right? saying. Yeah. Gates, Conger- <laughs> one of them. So, like, uh, this is a national story. It just happens to be based out of yeah. New Hampshire and Keene, where this show is done from. I thought it was ironic, 
And I thought this story stood in great juxtaposition to uh, the threats levied upon co-hosts here at Free Talk Live. Because they went after him very publicly. A Keene State College student has pleaded guilty to U.S. or in U.S. District Court to a felony charge for threatening to kill a member of Congress. Felony charge, right? Protected class. Somebody, if somebody threatens to kill a, you know, national broadcast radio host, national broadcast radio host, nothing. Guy threatens to kill a congressman. Felony charge, right? You find the justice in that. Alan Poehler, age 24, pleaded guilty to a single felony count of transmitting in interstate commerce a threat to injure the person of another on Thursday. How do you feel about that term, Peakless? Commerce. Transmitting in interstate commerce a threat against a congressman. Well, we have decided on the court of law that commerce means whatever we say it is. Okay. So everything's commerce. So this is so the threat is interstate commerce, like a trade was made somewhere along. We give you this threat, and we get. Well, let's find out. In late right. March, he called a member of Congress and left a voicemail stating the following: Using the national airwaves. <laughs> no, no, using just you know telephones. Okay. Right? You know. Using the national copper lines, <laughs> or VoIP, depending. You know, most things are over the internet these days using the national ethernet back end here is uh, what i assume is the transcription of the voicemail that this 24 year old uh, college kid left do it in your vermont accent i don't know that i can do this oh, whole thing okay also there's cussing in here so i'm just gonna do it regularly oh uh quote cuss no i'm not. oh i'm gonna try not okay <laughs> hi my name is alan Poller. A-L-L-A-N-P-O-L-L-E-R. This is already a PSYOP. Phone number. He spelled the name for him. Phone number, blah, 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 8931. And I just want to let you know, Representative Gates, if you keep coming for the gays, we're going to strike back. And I guarantee you, you do not want to F with us. We will kill you if that's what it takes. I will take a bullet to your effing head if you F with my rights anymore. And then, if you want to keep going down the path, you know who's next. Unquote. The argument for uh, regulating Bitcoin is like, hey, there's a lot of people who would love to invest in this if there was a clear set of rules. And regulations give you a clear set of rules. Yes, they give you rules. Right. So while as long as there is not a clear set of rules, then all those people are going to hold on to their money and put it in other places. And we would like Bitcoin to become more valuable. So please give them the guidelines of what they can and cannot do with uh, without angering you. Okay. And the government has said absolutely not under any circumstances will we ever do that. You will have to guess, and we will then change the rules. The point being, don't touch it. Okay. Or we'll put you in jail when we feel like it. Or just touch it, because there's no rules. That's that's the fun, right? For me? Well, so that's, and that's the, that's the other side of it, is like, okay, well, since you've left it completely unregulated, you haven't told us what the rules are. We'll so do what we want. The second that you have decided to get involved with it at all, you may as well just do whatever you want with it, since yes. they haven't told you what the rules that are. That was the point. That's how it was pitched to me, like, what, 13, 14 years ago? Well, and I mean, it, it's kind of like they, they refuse to make a license for it. Good. I mean. Good. The idea That's what we being should be that, advocating well, for. So what a license is, is he, this allows you to do what is otherwise illegal. That's the nature of a license. Well, otherwise illegal because they have deemed it to be so. Yeah, and that's right? the thing. They if are they making this illegal without making it illegal. Because even making it illegal would give us clarity. They oh, haven't made it illegal. sure that this is a, a, a thing that is not acceptable in uh, in polite circumstances. If it's not illegal, about. I don't need a license. I, need, I just to, do. I need to ask the hypothetical here. Mm. In uh, a stateless society, mm-hmm. uh, how would threats be sort of reconciled or handled? So, Extreme prejudice. So, like, you know, you're a guy. You're running a business. Somebody doesn't like it. 
they call and leave you a voicemail and say something like, hey, man, I don't like you and the way you conduct business, uh, and if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. Right. Mm-hmm. So same type of scenario, but without the state, how does this get handled? Same way as every other dispute. I mean, so like it, Can you a elaborate? threat of violence is the same thing as violence. As far as the non-aggression principle goes, as far as any kind of voluntary system goes, like that is the violation of the non-aggression principle. So just like any other situation where you'd have to prove like, hey, this guy's a murderer. Okay, well, you have to prove, hey, this guy's a threatener. So what what would I, I what I think what I think would happen is that you'd end up with a bunch of voluntary uh, uh, dispute resolution organizations that probably agree on a certain set of rules that they have in common. And when things are in those rules, they will be willing to uh, deal across uh, companies in the same way that uh, different railroad companies still build tracks at the same uh, width. So if I were the person who is the target of this voicemail, somebody called, left a threatening voicemail Mm -hmm. saying, hey, man, I don't like you. I don't like how you're doing business. And if you don't stop, I'm going to come and kill you. I would contact my security agency mm-hmm. if you I wish. If, you have one. if yeah. I have one, should I have one? Or I would go and get one if mm-hmm. I didn't. So and and turn it over to them. Let them handle it. Yeah. I I generally I consider myself morally flexible in these arenas, and I think people who abide the non-aggression principle might say that I I'm completely not morally flexible in these things, right? But when it comes to someone like threatening violence. Mm-hmm. And and that level of of aggression, mm-hmm. I am fine living by their values. Mm. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too. But finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. We've got Dave Ridley from theridleyreport.com on the line. Dave. On free talk Live. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk alternatives to secession. Um, Why? Are there alternatives? Uh, I mean, like, I don't see any, but go ahead. Yes. Uh, and I don't think they're all that relevant to talk about that much in, until, you know, you have secession movements. You got to have the movement first, and then you can talk about alternatives, I think. You know, so, like uh, moving the goalposts and then, like, acquiescing a little bit and conceding a little bit of ground. Maybe. I can just, right. I only speak for myself and just tell you a solution that I think would be acceptable to me, then I would probably stand down and stop pushing for independence if this were implemented. And it wouldn't be anarchy and it wouldn't be eliminating the federal government. It would be something that possibly everyone could eventually live with. Um, and that is just a sunset clause for federal laws so that all federal laws sunset after 10 years and they have to be renewed or they, or they stop being laws. So. I, I, I got to stop you there. So the problem with that idea, I mean, not that it's a bad idea. It's just never going to happen for the same reason that we will never have a zero deficit government. Well, they I don't mean, want to. So every single one of those regulations gives a bunch of people a bunch of jobs. So if you have if you have these laws just flying off the books, all of a sudden, all these jobs aren't doing anything. Nope. And then you can't give jobs to your buddies. Number number one, this is like an alternative to secession, which is even less likely to happen, right? And also, I will bring up uh, the the nineteen nineties assault weapons ban that did sunset, and you know, allowed certain things to come through. Dave, yeah, uh, two things. First of all, uh, one reason to have an alternative to put out there is it, you know, if you if you if you're a secession movement and you've offered this as an alternative and the federals turn it down, it makes your secession movement stronger. Because uh, you've said, okay, well, we've offered something that could sort of save the union, uh, and you turned it down. The second yeah. thing is, you're thinking in terms of 2023, but the situation will be much different in 2030. It'll be much different again in 2040. And the, the situation may have deteriorated so much that the federal government is desperate, the same way 
that the uh, Canadian government was desperate in, in 1995. They were willing to do anything that Quebec wanted to keep Quebec in the, the Canadian uh, uh, system, right? So it, it's possible that the, that that same phenomenon could happen to the Fed. What did, what did Quebec uh, ultimately demand? Well, I'm not an expert in all the details, but basically they wanted Quebec. What they what they actually got was Quebec recognized as a distinct society from the rest of Canada, and they also got a bunch of binnies. Mm. Now, that's not what I would want for New Hampshire personally. I wouldn't want the binnies anyway. Right. Um, I would want the, all the binnies to go away. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> the so there's a real risk with I that, though, that, that they might actually do it, and then we like temporarily fix the federal government, and then we end up right back where we are. Well, okay. like it, it becomes I mean, a functioning me, government, and then we get really, really rich for a while, and then once we're really, really rich, we get really, really regulated, and then we're right back where we are now. I think there are well, different. Given, you know, it sounds like the kind of problem I want to have: getting really, really rich. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather a solution where we're not fixing the government. Like that's that's not what I want to do at all. So we, me and you, Peakless, we have different roles. And I think everyone... Your Kaiser, he's like, what? Uh, uh, bulky. Bulky, okay. Okay. So I tried that, eventually. Uh, every the, the, the movement itself is broad enough to have people ro- running in different roles. And I'm not... the Apparently, I'm not even like the worst offender anymore of this, right? But I try to be like my position as the knight of arduous virtue is like on the extreme end of every position or like yes secession no government like you know absolute bare minimum mm. you know anarchy mm. right and if enough of us are saying that right it makes dave's position seem moderate or, and, and reasonable, reasonable. <laughs> right yeah I'm, and then I'm you can you. you can mm-hmm. get the normies on board with oh yeah it's sunset clause of course like why wouldn't we want a sunset clause yeah those and beardos then, are just way too extreme this right. Ridley guy seems reasonable right yeah. and so i i get that no one's gonna align with my position right but aligning with dave's gets us a little closer hmm. so and if it's suns and fine if it's sunsets right like one of the biggest critiques with you know well if you get rid of the federal government you'll just have a warlord Take over, and pretty soon you'll just have a government again. I want fine. I want to. I want. I want to be alive during that period of nothingness. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, everyone. Once again, I would like to defer to Major Payne's excellent judgment that he professed last Sunday evening. But uh... I stand corrected. The major was correct. This is only going to worsen before anything gets better, let alone resolves itself. My husband before, and I Before you go too far, Gigi, dinner. fill me in, because I don't listen to Sunday show anymore, now that I'm not on. Yeah, what's we the, were this? talking about Israel and Hamas oh. and the Palestinian civilians in Gaza. And my oh, husband yeah. and I... Mr. Ed's on the show? Dude, I think this, is, I think this is straight up World War III. Like right. I, I, I think that that this is getting people on board with the narrative of World War Three. At least the ones well, who are, who are me, very religious. Let me finish my thought. So, so what did Major Payne? Right, again, fill me in though. What did Major Payne suggest? Because I got to get caught up. Major Payne said it'll only worsen before it gets better. Okay, and you originally in disagreed with that, and now you're countries participating, which is kind of what you just uh, basically said, Richie. <clears throat> that other nations will start to engage in warfare. That was peakless. And my husband and I just finished dinner this evening prior to calling you, mm-hmm. and I looked at the clock and I said to my husband, Israel is seven hours ahead of us time-wise. And by 5 o'clock in the morning, the sun starts coming up over the Negev Desert. I know I've been there, I've lived there, I've studied there. And in my opinion, that's when we are going to see, I could be wrong, ground forces starting to move in and tank brigades. And again, I say the casualties that will be incurred 
on both sides of the border amongst Israeli troops and Palestinian civilians will be astronomical. And when the Palestinian refugees that were told to evacuate, and I'm thinking to myself, where the hell are they supposed to go? Egypt will not open the border and let them cross for safety. So they're all going to pour into the south by the desert where there's nothing but lizards and scorpions and no water and no medical supplies and no shelter and no food. And then when they finally do come back, if they do, there will be nothing for them but rubble. There will be be no apartment buildings to live in. I could be wrong. Yeah, the Gaza Strip will be the the Gaza parking lot. War, of course, is a very... A passionate subject for, well, anyone really, regardless of your political leanings. Uh, war is hell. War is one of the reasons, in fact, might even be the number one reason that I am anti-state. Right? It's all of the things I hate about government plus more murder. Yeah, like government already claims the monopoly on violence to enforce whatever things they decide they want you to do. These are called laws or regulations or edicts or, you know, all these types of words that they use. Uh, In addition to that, uh, they decide that uh, through the process of central banking, uh, they are going to print up a bunch of money and make you and your unborn children responsible for that money and then use that money to commit heinous acts of violence on a scale unable and unavailable to individuals. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing more socialist or communist, depending on your uh, perspective, than the American military. Okay. The the defense contractor that I couldn't think of the BAE oh BAE right it's uh, uh but it stands for something too. I don't know yeah but okay. that's the acronym so if if you know if they stop taking dollars right BAE will start taking dash right and the okay machines great. keep turning yes. great and if the dollar becomes worthless then at least there's a finite amount of war that can be made whereas at present there is an infinite amount of war that can be made right so if the u.s government was like hey we're gonna do some war we need some money and you're gonna pay you know 300 bucks or whatever right every individual in the u.s you're responsible for 300 bucks let's say right yeah uh they can't do that with cryptocurrency they can't do that even with gold-backed currency Uh, they can only do it with fiat currency where they can borrow money from the federal reserve to pay for whatever the hell they want unlimited numbers of bullets unlimited numbers of tanks and f-15s and etc and so on Uh, if they can't borrow from their own central bank then this type of scale war this large large s war is not possible if every individual gets that bill every year. Those wars would end so fast you couldn't even blink. If individuals got the bill, yes. Right. But I don't... I that don't. doesn't happen with good money, right? right? War does not happen the way that it happens now if you have sound money, like cryptocurrency or gold-backed currency. I I want to disagree because I don't... The, the, but you can't because you're wrong. No, no. Be, because... Money is just a commodity that they're they're adjusting the supply of. Yeah. Well, that is a very, very generous way to put counterfeiting. And, and if okay, they can no fine. longer adjust the supply of... Then and, the price adjusts to the demand. Right. And the demand for war is low. No, it's not. It's yes, high. It it's all over the place. No. It's very it has, low. It has no, the demand the, for war is only high amongst the state. And if fine. The state, and well, if you neuter the state with their ability to fund war, no. wars go away or at least reduce themselves to no. a far more, I don't even want to say reasonable level, but no. a far lesser the price will adjust. murder the amount. That, the the demand is per- there. The price will adjust. No, the people that prefer war to peace are the people who profit from the war. Anybody can demand anything. Sure. I, I demand you shave your beard. I don't actually demand that. But Understood. let's just say that I did. Now, if you go, no, I'm not going to cut my beard. Uh, do I have the ability to petition an organization of violence to force you to hold you down and forcibly remove your beard? Uh, you may not have the, the right to do so. I do not. 
But if you pay them so enough, this they same, will. So this same person who's demanding this change isn't taking any action of themselves to affect the change. They, all they are doing is reaching out to this large organization of violence to have them make the change for them. Right. And They're the outsourcing the responsibility. This yes. is what government does, is it takes away personal responsibility for anything that you demand. Yes. And what the government, what the government accepts in form of payment for that quote-unquote violent service, right, it's just a little bit of your liberties. A little no, bit of money. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of your no, money. Not yours. Your not money. the person who's... Do- yeah, everybody's. That's, exactly, that's exactly the issue, yeah. is that it's not the people who want this solved that are paying the full price. Right. It's yeah. they are they are compelling me it's the to same pay thing. that price with them. It's the same thing I say to these uh, people who, are whatever side of the uh, uh, conflict that you're on over there in Israel, uh, whatever side you're on, if you're demanding something happen, then get off your ass and go and do something about it. Don't just complain about it on social media. Get on a plane, fly over there, affect the change, or shut the hell up. So yeah. now that you're you're being oppressed. Right for somebody else's change, mm-hmm. you may want for yourself a demand for some defensive service of your own, mm-hmm. so that you're not being oppressed by them. Mm. Right? Yeah. And should someone then come along and say, like, well, you know, sounds like a great snake oil salesman. Well, maybe, well, or you... or an opposition government. Yep. Right. And snake like, oil salesman. Or again, someone who can defend and. A competing well, defense agency. Well, you see, they'll promise, they'll promise all day long that they will put me into a state of peace where no one is oppressing me. And that ain't going to happen. Well, and, if I, if, and if I help this opposition government... It's not even currently happening. Yeah. And if I were to help this opposition government, even if they weren't, you know, a, a Fed trying to trick me, which is what sure. it usually is, but even if, even if they did succeed, they would end up oppressing me themselves. Maybe. Maybe. All of history, man. Like, seriously, look at what has been happening for the last, oh, couple hundred years in South America, for example. Then you're also suggesting that no defense agency can exist in a private market. Because they will just end up oppressing you themselves once they have your money and have offered you the protection. Well, we don't know that until government is abolished. They're not going to demand my liberty. They're not going They'll to demand, demand something. They're not going to do it for free. Great. Good. I'm happy to pay things that aren't my liberty. Okay. My suggestion to you, Captain, is that uh, if you're going to oppose the government, mm-hmm. right, and the government's force, right, you could theoretically go get a private market solution if you can afford it to help secure your liberties against the government oppressor. Uh, I understand what you're saying. However, the private market entity is prohibited from existing because of government. Well, then they're terrible at their job. Mm, yep. well, they they can't even like they can't even exist because government maintains a monopoly over security services. They will not allow. I mean, outside of oh, you got a business and you want to have some rent a cops, you know, patrol the parking lot, right? Outside of that, that's all you get. That's all government allows. They don't allow competition. They claim a monopoly on violence. Period. The beautiful thing about violence, right, is it's not about allow. If you want to, if you want to throw off the yoke of your oppressor, right, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. And if you could pay someone to get their hands dirty for you, I don't care what the law says, right? Well, that's, so then that's when the are resistance. you when are you starting this private security service? Uh, Rich Rich Reclamations. It's already on Facebook. Okay, there you go. Do you have a rate card? No. <laughs> well, and the thing is, this this isn't a way of doing it. Like this simply it's isn't a how, way. It's not a way that works. Well, if government if gets out of the way, tried, then yes, private government's security not going to get out of the way. That's the thing. The government's not going to get out of the way. You, you, you. We want, disagree. You always want this to be like the parallel entity in the agorist marketplace. Let's well, build so it here's up the thing. parallel to what the government offers. It's not. You're, Someone's you're right. going to have they're to not, step up. They're not going to get out of the way. You're absolutely right. Then they need to be However, moved out of the way. Yes, and I think the way of moving them out of the way is not by force. It's not by violence. By it is by cutting their root of power, which is the money. Right. By stop using their money, and in as much as I can, I do, and I move in the direction of stop using their money, and more and more people move in the direction of stop using the money of the oppressors, they lose the ability 
to oppress. No one needs to shoot them. No one needs to set the White House on fire. No one needs to tar and feather all these politicians as much as fun as that would be. We can just take away their power by using their real power is us, and we use that real power in not them. You give them too much credit. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. We had a um, actual um, there are a network marketing meeting at a library for free. This is our second meeting. So it wasn't free. So your network marketing company couldn't even afford to rent a place for you all to meet. Had to have it at a library. So you socialized the cost of the meeting space by distributing it to everybody else. Well played, MLM. Oh, well, you know that. This is kind of like when you, if you market, it's it's up to you how you want to do it. So if we don't have money, so we have to go to the cheap route. But if you got money, a lot of people that are doctors or whatever, they they're making eighty thousand. They rent event centers, they pay for it, and they write it off on their taxes. We don't make enough money to write nothing off, so we just went for the freebie. You got to recruit more people into your MLM. It is not free. It is stolen. That's different. Oh, what, why is that stolen when it's, it's taxpayer-funded? Exactly and it how they stole have it. Any media. Yes, that yes, taxpayers mean, no are victims of theft, Sarah. Oh, you're you're entitled to have any meeting you guys want. You know what? I'm not going to complain. What, what I, I want is to in- what I want is to stop being stolen from. Do you understand, Sarah, the concept right, that taxation, meeting, Sarah? Sarah, do you understand the concept of taxation is theft? No, that, not if it's providing a service. You know what I mean? There's so, hold on. Do, so, um, if I steal from someone, but I do something good with it, that doesn't count? Well, I mean, don't you understand, like, sharing public service? It was a, it's no, no, no. Sharing is what we meetings. choose to do. And stealing is what someone else chooses for us to do. I don't know, but I just want to say, you know who got poked up was the librarians got all excited. You know what I mean? So, because I got to show some of the products and they were really um, blown away. So I hope they call the person that signed us up to get enrolled. Um, Why aren't you enrolling them? The thing is that I just don't want to enroll them. You know, I don't want to be the enroller. He enrolls them and puts them under me, so I get free product dollars. I'm j- I just like I don't. You are bad I at don't this MLM thing, Sarah. <laughs> You have to enroll yeah, people I, uh, into yeah, your yeah. MLM to be successful. Then you can afford to not yeah, go to the library. You need authorization to well, enroll people into know. your multi-level marketing scheme. I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to enroll, but the, I did. A lot of people did look at my our little sign as they were walking by. That's good enough. And you know, I passed out about eighty, uh, about eighty flyers. Nobody showed up, and like two, three people said, "I'm going to be there," and they never to... showed up. All right, so I'm Sarah, generally huh? not against multi-level marketing. It's so, voluntary. So, so Sarah, I'm a I'm a musician, and if I decided to uh, tell everybody, "Hey, I'm going to make an appearance at at the record store." Uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire, I'm going to have T-shirts for sale, right? So I show up and I got a table and I got some T-shirts there, but I don't actually try and sell any of them. What was the point of me going to this place and and trying to sell T-shirts if I'm not going to actually try? Okay, so what happens is that like, I get 30 spots, like the first two lines, I could get free loyalty dollars, whatever they earn. I could get to buy free products, and that's what I'm after. The so, heck is a loyalty dollar? I, Yes, so I could buy free product dollars. So Probably in-group terminology for the MLM. Point, okay. Well, I could, okay, let's say I got one person under me, Rick and Esther, they're pastors. So if they order 50 points, I'll get about, what's the 7% of a 50, 50 points? It's about like maybe 14. 3 or $4. Oh, $4. Okay. So I could buy towards a free product, but I have 30 spots. So I don't want to have money. I just want free product dollars. So he rolls them, puts them under me. So that's all I uh, all I care about. All Sarah cares about is the Richard free stuff. I mean, if you want the product, that's yeah, the yeah. she's consistent. Yeah, I'll give her that. Yeah. I still want to keep my check. It'll go against my check. 
I'm hoping, yeah, that's, but I just have more fun doing it. And uh, so, but I, we, I think we impressed people that was walking by looking in at least about 10 people. How do you measure that? How do you measure back. people's, how people, how people were impressed or not? How do you measure that? Smiles. I don't know about impressed or not, but they're just looking and kind of curious to walk by or some people just ignore, but at least about seven people. We do more advertisement at sitting at the library than I ever, my invitation. The whole point was to invite people so they could listen to us, but they just, we just get the onlookers when we're sitting there. Uh, and then the Sarah, librarians kind of interact with us. Do you know, while I have nothing against excited librarians, uh, are you familiar? <laughs> are you familiar with the term busking? Do you know what a busker is? I have never heard that. Okay. What, what, what does that you. mean? Uh, when you're walking down the street in a you know usually a crowded area, hopefully if they're a good busker, uh, it's going to be a person usually with like an acoustic guitar and like a hat out. And the idea is that they're going to play some yeah. music, and the passers-by who enjoy the music will throw a little bit in the hat, a little tip, you know, a little change, you know, a dollar or two, whatever it is. That's called busking, right? When you go out and you play music, and then, yeah. you know, the, the idea is that people throw, throw money into your hat. Now, let's say uh, a busker, a musician, went out with his acoustic guitar uh, and his little stool, and he sat in a very crowded area, and he put the guitar on, and he put the hat out in front of himself, and never played a note. Do you think he's going to get any money? No. Okay. It's Major Payne calling from Michigan. Uh, good evening, gents. Yeah, the reason Sarah is so spooked about uh, signing up people, and she even admitted it, but none of you guys caught it. Oh, I, I, um, I caught it. She doesn't want to make any money because her benefits go away. Exactly, yeah. It'll it'll bust into her check, and they'll take mm-hmm. away her, uh, her bennies. Yeah, perverse incentives. And that's uh, that's the reason two thirds of the people that are able bodied are and unemployed are you know unemployed. Well, that's why we have such great in, uh, unemployment numbers. A whole bunch of people just quit trying to get a job. Man, we could have full employment if everyone would just stop looking for work. Yeah, well, they don't even count the people who've stopped looking altogether. Exactly, yeah. we could have one hundred percent employment tomorrow if everyone would just quit trying to get a job. I really think they should just declare that sitting on your butt is a government job and then full employment because anyone currently on welfare now just works for the state. Well, the same would, they be, would they be paid? Yeah, because they're already in pay. Oh, yeah, that's that's called a universal basic income. Okay. Now, what was that, Major? I say, ask Richie if he'd ever been to a government office. They already get paid for sitting on their butt. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> so if you want to if you want to make unemployment go down, you just declare that to be a job. Right, it's a, it's a work from it's a remote position. You work from home. You sit on your butt all day. You collect your government yeah. check. Boom, no yeah, we, unemployment. We, we actually tried that already. I mean, not in the U.S. Okay, uh, it was in the USSR. Right. I mean, those people had plenty of money. I mean, they all had a lot of money. There wasn't anything you could buy with it, but they had lots of money, and everyone had a job. Sounds like what they did during the COVID lockdowns too. Right. We're just going to hand all out right, money so and stop production. Yep. But don't worry, it won't cause a recession, I promise. If I get one of these jobs and I decide to sit on my butt all day, but I sit on the throne, would that make me king? Of your own castle. Well, I'm already that, but I don't need uh, the toilet to... uh, Then you'll just have too many titles like the captain over here. (laughs) King Major Payne. Speaking of which, um, Esquire Captain, I believe you're too old for no, 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 no. Esquire just means, like, attorney. No, no, no. no? Well, that All right, might, well, correct they me. They might have bastardized it into that. But I had a a great aunt that was a librarian. Was she an excited librarian? On her English. And when I was just a young lad, I was like eight or ten years old, I remember receiving three or four uh, letters with Master Patrick Heck, Esquire. Right? And I questioned this Esquire, and I questioned him about it a few years later, and that is the young master of the house. All right, He's this not is, yet a age. This is from MiriamWebster.com. Esquire. There's four uh, possible definitions here. Number one, a member of the English gentry ranking below a knight. That is Ooh. not me. I am not that. Okay. 
Number two, a candidate for knighthood serving as a shield bearer and attendant to a knight. Are you guys knights? I'm the knight of arduous virtue. We've already Uh, covered this. Okay, so then I could be (laughs) serving as a shield bearer and attendant to the knight of arduous virtue. Not a very good one. Where's his shield? Fetch me my slippers. He needs an escuchion. (laughs) This one's a a little, you know, shaky. Number three. You let horse get away again? <laughs> horse? You let horse get away? What's wrong with you? Anyway. I said bring the posse. Number three. This is the one that is most likely applicable to me and my long-ass title. Used as a title of courtesy, often by attorneys, usually placed in its abbreviated form after the surname, i.e. John R. Smith, Esquire. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.